I have with me today Anna, Anna, and Anthony, <laughs> <laughs> the owners and you know what, head brewmaster, wine mistress. What do you call yourself? <laughs> Winemaker. <laughs> Winemaker. Wine mistress sounds a little better, <laughs> a little more golf. Um, here, that's how you get people here. Um, for Carolina Brew Supply. Thank you for coming on the show. Yeah, thank Appreciate you. it. Okay. Always, always. Not knowing you. Give eh. us your story. How did you get started? What what got you into you into making the wine beer? Your love for it so much. So about five years ago, um, somebody gave me one of those little Mr. Beer kits, little one gallon kits for my birthday. Everybody gets the Mr. Beer. Yep. And it makes horrible beer, but <laughs> you made it yourself, and it's fun. And uh, it kicks off a huge hobby. And just kept going and going and going from there, and um, just got bigger kits, bigger equipment, started doing five gallon batches, 15 gallon batches. And then eventually that turned into opening a homebrew supply store, and then now a brewery and a winery. Yeah. Now that's a, that's a little crazy because a lot of, I'm a home brewer, I call myself my beer tastes crappy because I hang out with too many um, real home brewers but there's one thing to have you know have a hobby that gets bigger and bigger there's another thing to turn it into a whole store in the whole you know industry how yep. did you what was the decision like that's like hey this is gonna be my day job um that took a long time <laughs> I I was actually working a full-time job for the first two years. And then uh, once we signed the lease on this place, uh, it just became too stressful to work an IT job um, and then try to run this on the side. And I was kind of doing both as side jobs and I just finally distressed. I was, I was like, okay, done. Time to time to quit one and go with the one that makes me happy. Yeah. Good. Now, how did you get your wife to on board with this idea? Because uh, <laughs> there's a lot of home brewers who love to quit their jobs and and start a business, but uh, the family's like, eh, no, <laughs> that won't be happening. Um, when we first met, I actually, I think it was like shortly after I shared one of the bottles of wine with her that I made, mm -hmm. and that bottle was actually still up there on the shelf. It's empty. Um, it's empty. Uh, <laughs> we drank it. There. Yeah. But that's that's one of the bottles. Uh, it was Pinot Noir made back in 2018. And um, and then brought it over a couple beers that I had made. And uh, they were way over carbonated, exploded in the kitchen sink. But oh, wow. Yeah, that happens um, to us all. But they were delicious. And then she's like, I want to make wine. Yeah. <laughs> and how, what, you know. Why don't you just leave it to him and say, hey, you know, make your, make mama some wine. And then what <laughs> encouraged you or what possessed you to get into this uh, industry yourself? Um, during COVID last year, I was out of work for like six weeks and bored out of my mind. That'd so I was like, teach me <laughs> how to make this delicious wine. And it was so easy that I'm like, okay, now we can teach classes and share the knowledge. And we'll get into that because uh, Carolina Brew Supply is do offer wine making classes. Yes. yes, which is a great couple or by yourself, you know. Uh, you know girls just, night. Girls <laughs> night, make some wine. Company corporate events. We yeah, had a couple exactly. 
uh, companies that are wanting to do team building events. Yeah. They're booking out the whole room. Cool. So that, that's a good idea too. Yeah. So there you go, guys. See, we don't just uh, interview people. We also give you great <laughs> um, opportunities. So all you um, corporate, you know, get that corporate synergy going. Yeah. Nothing brings people together more than alcohol. Yeah. Now, uh, so you said this COVID, you guys started in and you had a business before. How long has this been open, the Carolina Food Supply? So the business has been open uh, for about two and a half years. Uh, we were in the beginning just a brew supply store, right. just selling just beer kits, uh, beer sorry beer kits, beer ingredients, equipment. Um, Both at the store and online. Yes. Yeah, yep. Okay. Yep. Online and in the store. Um, didn't want to do wine at all until Anna started convincing me, and then we started branching out to wine kits. Uh, they became popular. The wine classes started picking up, um, and then I realized, of course, she was right. <laughs> say that oh, again. Uh-uh. It's recording. It's recording. You never have to say it again. It's hit with wine. Leave me alone. Yeah. <laughs> She'll put that as her text message notification. Yeah, of course, go. you were right. <laughs> um, so, we, yeah, we started doing the wine classes. And then um, after our lease was getting close to ending at the other store, we found this place. And. Um, Signed the signed the lease and started doing remodeling. Um, we were going to do basically the similar model, just the brew supply, selling beer and wine on tap. Um, or sorry, just selling beer on tap, maybe some bottles, like a little bottle shop. Uh, the city wouldn't let us. They said that they considered that a bar, and because we're so close to a house behind the building, that zoning wouldn't allow it. So the only way we could is becoming a brewery or a winery or, or both so i looked at her i was like okay well they twisted my arm we'll there just make our own there you go <laughs> so that's what we're doing yeah and that's one of the great things about this place it's not just a um, home supply store it's not just teaching there is a fully functioning working bar yeah. come up here have a pint or two after work yep. and uh it's always a good time so that's a good question you brought up about the industry and about just the, just the, ah, see, I've been drinking too much already, but um, <laughs> just the government involvement with um, creating your business and how you want to do it. Have you had any major, you know, what's the major problems you've had dealing with uh, so, and the famous Carolina blue laws? So federal law was simple. Um, okay. I don't want to say simple. It was easier than the state. Um, we we filed for a brewery license, so we got that. We filed for a winery license, um, got that one. Because they're under the same roof, we have to have a alternating, some type of alternating uh, purpose ship or some license. Basically, it says that yeah, it's too difficult. All you lawyers can get into that and explain <laughs> that. Just post it all. Yeah, basically, it's it's. It's a letter to the government stating that it's too difficult for us to plan and tell them when we're going to do wine and when we're going to do beer as doing them different so that we basically just do them all at the same time. Um, So we had to file that notice. And so we have a letter that allows us to do both at the same time from the federal government. Once we got that, we went to the state, told them we got everything from federal, sent them those those notices. Um, They 
came back and they're like, well, are you a brewery or are you a winery? Are you a supply store? I, I just said yes. <laughs> and they they literally came back and, and the lady said, I think you're doing too much. You should just pick one. I said, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> this is our business plan. This is what we're doing. Yeah. And tell Mind me, your business, lady. Yeah. Just file the paperwork. I told her, tell me what boxes I need to check and what fees I need to pay to get it through because we're doing this. And finally, was it three or four months after that, we finally got our permits. Okay. Oh, good. Good. Well, yeah, I would hope so. I'd like to, you know, turn this into a legal speakeasy. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, Which also, yeah. That yeah. say you can't. So it's like. That's, that's what it was. Yeah. They kept saying, you can't do this. Because there's nothing that says we can, but there's also nothing that says we cannot. Exactly. So by default, I told them you have to approve it, and, and it worked. And they said, <laughs> "Okay." <laughs> there you go. So, what about the community? Um, being here now, just what a minute away from my seventy-seven on Cherry yeah. Road. Um, it's in a wonderful little location. I love this spot because it's right in the corner. You can sit back, you can have your beer, you can have your wine, you can sit out on the little patio, come up to the bar, get all your home supply needs, and then go about your business, which your business should be coming back and have another beer or yeah. a glass of wine. But um, how has the community been uh, supporting you or have they been supporting you? Any obstacles? Oh, absolutely. They've been very supportive, um, yeah. especially all throughout COVID. Um, they, I mean, just, just doing online sales when a lot of people were afraid to, to walk into the building. Um, not just our building, but just any buildings. Uh, people were afraid to you know, see people in person. So they were placing online orders. Uh, that was, that was very, uh, very good. That kind of kept us in business. Uh, having having a lot of the breweries and the bars and stuff shut down, people picking up new hobbies, you know, not being able to go home or not being able to go to the office, uh, staying home the whole time. That was that was very helpful. That they need, still needed their alcohol. Yes. So they learned how to make it. I think everybody um, develop a hopefully um, helpful and working alcoholic relationship with, <laughs> yeah. during COVID because I, I did. I mean, that made me want to restart the podcast and <laughs> got me through a lot of days where I, I have nothing to do. Oh, here's a, here's a bottle of bourbon I need to get acquainted with. So, <laughs> you're doing good work. You're doing the good work. So, what about uh, the benefits? You can talk a little bit about the surprises you and benefits you've gotten with teaching, uh, with talking to the community, bringing them in here, because, you know, it's not just your typical, just, hey, you know, here's this malt grain, here's this, like, you can actually learn how to do it here on purposes. So, any um, interesting stories you've had about that? Um, with my wine class, I feel like the most, like, story that I was kind of taken back was when a couple came in, they made their wine, they actually bottled it. So the husband came in and bought a Mother's Day package for his wife, mm -hmm. and they finished it on Father's Day last Sunday. I think it was last Sunday. So we ended up bottling their wine last Sunday, and um, she was telling me how she's gone to like all these like wine bars, all these vineyards, and she didn't like actually learn as much as she did in the class, um, and she felt like we like pretty much 
just made the wine world so much more accessible yeah. <laughs> to like the normal person. <laughs> so Which is like, exactly what you want. Yeah. yeah. That's exactly what you want. You want. And I was so it's not that hard. Like, yeah. Yeah. The wine making itself was just so easy when I first made it during COVID that there was no way to not share the knowledge. <laughs> yeah. So it's not just grape juice with a little like Everclear in it. There's an actual process. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. There's like science behind it, and that's the most fun. <laughs> science, microbiology. Yeah. yeah. You can really nerd <laughs> out if that's your thing. Um, <laughs> um, making beer and wine. It's it's a science. It's a science that you know goes back what how many thousand since the beginning of man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, yep. Who it dates back to like ten thousand BC. <laughs> who doesn't you know who doesn't love some type of fermented beverage? Yeah. <laughs> So there you go. Well, we're going to go into your expertise now. Um, I have a sample, a nice little flight of um, some of they have some of their offerings, some of their wares. Now here and Matt, you've been uh, there's <laughs> full disclosure. There's three here: uh, Matt, Anthony, and Anna, and uh, we have samples of their beer and wine. We're going to take some samples and get their viewpoint on it. And this has, do you have a core lineup or something that you're going to have all the time or is just everything's going to be rotated? We're still building that. Yeah. Um, we are expanding next door. That's going to be another 1,200 square feet over there. Mm. And we're going to put bigger equipment over there, knock the wall out, extend the bar, add more seating, uh, put a kitchen over there. So once we get that bigger equipment, right now we're brewing everything five gallon batches. Wow. And our reason for doing that is because we still want to show because we're a homebrew supply store, we want to show that it's it's easily accessible to make good beer at home, and we use the same equipment that homebrewers would. Yeah, uh, we are, you know. So, we, you walk into a brewery, you see two million dollars worth of equipment, and it's kind of intimidating. It doesn't make you want to learn uh, how to brew or even you know get into it. So that's why we started small. We were being forced to go bigger because we can't keep up with the volume. Uh, oh, you're a disaster. Oh, no. Oh, we're going to still keep the five gallon batches. Uh, go. We're going to have probably four flagships. And we're going to set up another. Stout, stout, stout. I'm stepping. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Stouts. Thank you. Yeah, our stout, <laughs> I think it's killer now. We've overcomplicated the recipe and the, the yeah, process to make it but it is delicious yeah i love uh, love a good stuff we need more stuff we'll go into the ipas if um if you listen to me at in any juncture you know i have a little ipa rant because i love them but come on man <laughs> there's too many out there i can't keep up but i do love them so okay wonderful that's what i wanted to hear Okay, so where should we start first? But um, just for the listeners, we have a lineup of beer, the Carolina Classic Lager, Deja Brew, it's a coconut stout, so, you know, I'm happy right there. A Belgian Cezanne, a Hazy IPA, the Fugly Duckling IPA, <laughs> which, um, who came up with that name? It, the beer has a lot of fuggle hops in it, and it's a... You it's, made that word up. So, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that one, uh, that, that's named off of that. Gotcha. And a nice porch zipper shandy. So, can't go wrong with that lineup. And that, again, that's just this week's lineup. Now, you come in here after you hear this, 
because of course you will um there'll be something different there and they'll be just as tasty no doubt and also on the wine side we have a riesling the diablo rojo merlot a pinot noir a rosé peach and raspberry and the sangria so i mean come on if you're not happy about that, you're not happy. Come on, that sounds wonderful. <laughs> All right, so where should we start? Should we start wine or we should start beer first? What's your, you're the teacher. I would say start with a beer. Uh, classic lager would be a good first one to start with. Okay. Yeah, right. It's, this is your lager here. Oh, oh look at it. Yeah. Boom, boom, no problem. <laughs> I'm looking at how, all right, classic lager. You know, things I do, for you guys, you know, for the listening audience, I'm sampling all this beer, so. <laughs> Tough Sacrifice. job. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's clean. That's yep. a clean, that's exactly what you want in a lager. It's a nice, clean, light body, but still has a flavor, very flavor forward. Feel free to talk about it as you, as we So sample. majority of our beers, we're starting to experiment with a lot of the local malts yeah. from Carolina Malt House and Riverbend. There's uh, a couple other malt houses that I just recently found out about that we haven't gotten range from yet, but we are going to try to do that. Um, my goal was to use 80 to 90% of the local malts right. uh, within the next two or three years. So it was definitely part of the business plan to support local whenever oh, possible. I mean, that, that's our Wi-Fi password, support local. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm, it is good. And like I said, I'm a big beer guy. I like something, you know, if I'm getting beer, I'm going to go like a style of barley wine, something like that with a lot of flavor. Um, but I do enjoy the Pilsners, the Lagers, the Hefeweizens, whatever. And um, this is right what I'm talking about. This is, this should this should be the king of beers. <laughs> <laughs> for, for big beers, yeah. um, our Belgian double is coming out pretty mm. soon. That's going to be a bottle I'll, release. I'll, I'll be there. I'll be there. Oh, and we just did a Scotch Ale today. It's going to yep. be a pretty big one as well. Yeah. See, he's alive, man. See, he finally alive. said something. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we did a Scotch Ale today. For uh, We're doing a smoked beer contest at the end of uh, July. July. <clears throat> so we, we wanted to showcase a couple of smoked beers for people to come in and enjoy during the contest. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, there's um, a better than average chance you'll see me you know, creeping around the background for that. <laughs> Do love a good smoke beer. Okay, we're gonna move on to the, uh, let's go with the Saison, which is, uh, smoke. Uh, this is the Be Belgian Saison. Is this pretty true to yes. type or? Good question. Um, <laughs> I don't brew to style, not typically. Uh, I brew to what I like and what I think other people would like. So it may be style, it may not be. Get a lot of banana. I get a lot of. Oh, the aroma is just great. It just comes right there. You can taste it on the nose. Some type of. I want to say it's stone fruit, but it's definitely got there's something in there. That's a that's that's a that's a wonderful Belgian. 
but like you said, it's not the type. It's not a true, you know, if you get the uh, beer nerds, um, master beer tasters and something, they may try to, you know, critique this, but this is very approachable. It gives out just that hint of the aftertaste that you want. The lager was clean, it just went down, you know, gave you all that flavor and then went away. It doesn't stay on the palate. It stays on the palate just a little bit in a good way. Gives you that a lot of fruit, banana, forward, just some type of aromatic that's just really good. So that's enjoyable. If you like a Saison, definitely get it. And you get that little Saison, uh, not multi, um, happy little yeasty tingo that you want in there. So that would, uh, that stands out. That's one of my favorite styles. Anything Belgian is my favorite. There you go. All right. So come get your Belgian fries. Are you going to start serving fries when you, uh, Belgian fries when you, uh, treats. Treats, yeah. Palm frites. Palm frites in there uh, when you open Belgian. the kitchen. Yeah. Thinking more Belgian waffles. That, that, <laughs> ain't nothing wrong with that. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Um, I would go with the Shandy next. Shandy. Got it. Probably the No, it's probably. Yep, that one. Yep. No, for the record, I want everybody to know that I'm actually sipping and tasting, trying to do this correctly, and not just you know wolf them down. That'll happen after the podcast. But, mm, yeah, that's a porch sip. That's aptly named. That on a, a hot July day, you want to sit out there and, and drink this, and you can drink this all day. I was picturing something real light, mm-hmm. a little hint of lemon, almost like you're just sipping on lemonade. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, that's exactly. It's lemon, very citrusy, but it's not. It's not like um, not a bomb. It's not gonna. It's not gonna explode. But you definitely catch all that. So, yeah, that's uh, that's very refreshing. That would probably pair well with some different foods. That would, you know. Yeah, I gotta think. Good. Yeah. That's another thing. When you said you want to plans to expand in the kitchen, yeah. you're gonna do a lot of trying to change the menu up with your food too. To we're yeah we're so we're planning on doing what we call Grono grilled cheese. A lot of yeah, just anything that you can put in between bread and cheese. Um, you can put a lot of things in all, between all bread kinds and of cheese. stuff. Yeah. So <laughs> we're gonna come up with some different things that we can do for wine pairing uh, as well as beer pairing. Yeah. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, because yeah, that'd be great. Let's get to the next. I hate to just bat, 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 rat a tat, tat, because I really, you really can, <laughs> you know, spend a whole podcast just talking about the individual beer and get into the different taste notes and everything else. But I want to give everybody in the audience just a good sample of, you know, what you can have. So, again, feel free to, you know, expound if there's any funny stories you have about making a beer, because I do remember. Uh, was a couple weeks ago. Uh, apparently, had a little accident. Brewing. Oh, jeez. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I brought up that. Yeah, I, I was upset. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we had to we had to fire one of our electronic employees. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we came up with this device that we call him Frank. Uh, it's it's a Frankenstein carbonator that basically just pumps in and out of the keg, forces CO2 into it, and it'll carbonate a keg for serving uh, within about an hour, maybe yeah. hour and a half. And hooked it up to one of the high pressure lines, walked away, was talking with some customers. The CO2 alarm in our uh, walk-in cooler starts going off, the lights are flashing, 
and I turn around and there's beer coming out of the bottom of the fridge. Oh, that's not good. And I walk inside, the entire five gallon keg was dumped all over the floor. Oh, that's so that's a modern tragedy. Yeah, I almost wanted to just lay in the beer and cry. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the first time you've laid in the beer? <laughs> it doesn't sound like it. it does, sometimes it's for sadness, sometimes it's just for fun. You know, I don't, I don't judge how you get down, how you get down. Okay. All right, we're going to try another one. You that because it's my pop. Okay, now um, I guess we are going on to the fugly. Fugly duckling. It's going to be the far right. Boom. Fugly. Fugly hops, which I still think you made up. Fugly. Fuggle Uh, hops. Yeah, Yeah, that's not a good one. Okay, tell me something about that one. Um, that's a clone of. We tried to get as close to uh, the Goose Island IPA as we could. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Yep. So we, we found a recipe that was very similar um, and has a ton of Fuggle hops, and we wanted to stick with the same bird. Yeah. Like so, <laughs> yeah. Fuggly duckling. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> now that is now IPA lovers will love this. Again, I I do love IPAs. Don't I don't want to be said that I don't, but there's too many of them in the world. I can't keep track, you know. And after a while, they start to blend together. So when you make an IPA, you want it to stand out. So kind of like, I mean, every brewery has at least two IPAs that they keep going because you know it's what the market demands. Um, this one, like you said, it's a clone, but it's a good clone. I mean, Goose Island became uh, the empire that that is for a reason, because they do make good beer, even though they sold out. But I respect them because they did it right. They still make their own series. So I, I got I still got love for Goose Island. But down a lot of them back in the day. But this is um, <laughs> this is a very good, very hop forward. It really stands out on the tongue. I mean, that's that gives you that hoppy bite. That's what you want. The good flavor is there. I get. Mm, don't really get much fruit out of it, but yeah, it's just a very smooth hop blend where you get all that hop is forward, but it's not like hop executioner or something that doesn't right. kill your taste buds. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's more of an easy drinking mm-hmm. West Coast style IPA. Yeah. The funny thing is, Anthony does not like IPAs. I know. <laughs> I know. My brother. Yeah. My brother. You understand me. <laughs> I get, yeah, yeah, I like IPAs. I drink IPAs all the time, but you know, there's just so many. To me, it's kind of like the hot sauce craze where hot sauces they just kept getting hotter and hotter to where it's unbearable to even taste them. Yeah. I, I think they're doing that with IPAs, they're just yeah. making them so hoppy to where you just, you can't even tell. It's just, I think, though, I think finally before COVID, I think a lot of breweries starting to realize that, and I've, I've noticed that they were tamping it down. You know, it used mm-hmm. to be, you know. With four million hops, you know, yeah. and everything. And now it's like, oh, you know, we need to drink this. And you know, I think a lot of people, that's a nice, like you said, it's a nice little craze that went through. It's a nice little fad, but then you wanna, you know, people are like, I can't drink this every day. Right. So maybe. So how many? Oh, that brings a good question. Um, when you brew for the bar here, do you? Think about okay, what's gonna sell versus what I like, you know, everything you, and what you would yeah. like. 
but you also owning a business. So you got to, if the people so want, you obviously have to have IPAs. Yeah. Everybody buys IPAs. Um, that was one of the first ones that sold out. It, when our grand opening, we start, we can't serve till 11. So we opened at 10 o'clock. We start serving at 11. The first keg cakes, I think like 2.45. Good good to know that you can't serve till 11 for all you day drinkers out there. You know, you <laughs> show up and, you know, do some shopping, but you can't get a beer or wine till 11. Yep. So that one, I don't know if it was because it had the name IPA on there or it was, it was a strange beer. Mm-hmm. Um, it was smoked with juniper uh, juniper branches had a real juniper that's it you yeah. i get yeah kind of jenny type of okay juniper okay that makes sense so that that other beer that that just had uh some really interesting flavor so i don't know if it sold out because people liked it or because it had the name ipa on it yeah. well, not both. It, it, it sold out in three hours yeah. but there you go it sold out so you know you made a good beer so you know, it got beaten in your back of the mind. Somebody got to redo that every now and then. Yep. You know, Mama needs a new pair of shoes. So yeah, we've got to give credit to John, one of our friends who yeah. brewed it. John, John's <laughs> the one that brewed that one. Oh, all right. Shout out. He, Shout out he to makes John. the most strange beers ever. So okay, well, but they're Say always good. Uh, uh, we, I will have him on a future podcast. We can do like a homebrew from his house or something, and yeah. uh, do something crazy. Yeah. There you go. The the bar is open. It's for the people by the people. Well, uh, I'll come to your house. I'll come to your home and drink your beer, <laughs> your tequila, your bourbon, whatever. I will come to your house. I will help raise your kids if you give me enough alcohol. Anyway, I'm only mostly joking. Uh, okay, let's go. I'm saving the. I'm saving what I want the most for last. So we're gonna go for the haze of glory. This is not it. We got one more beer after this. Now, I will tell you, it lives up to his name. That's a hazy son of it. Trying to look through it. Can't see through it because that is a very hazy beer. But it is like, I actually, personal opinion, has with all everything. The uh, I like this one a little more than the Fugly because it's a little more tamped down, a little, <laughs> little more fruit forward. Yeah, the New England style hazy IPAs are more juicy. Yeah. You get less of like the hot bitterness, and you get more of the citrusy juiciness of the hot flavor. Right. This is like a, this tastes like a kind of like a hopped up grapefruit. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. Yeah. That is, um, that's enjoyable. I know I will crush these. I will, I will crush all of them, but yeah, this one, if I'm IPA drinking, this is what I'm going for. So. Matt just brewed another one of those. Uh, actually, just kegged it today, and we're—I got a picture of it. Um, I know you can't see it yeah. on the podcast, but Ooh. we're calling this one Swamp Thing. Swamp Thing, because uh, we put so many dry hops in it, it was mm. just a layer of hops on the top that kind of looked like a swamp. It does. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'll put it on the Instagram when the when the show comes out. I'll you know we'll do a. Nice little Instagram showing of you know your swamp theme oh, yeah. monstrosity. Yeah. It look cool. The actual beer came out looking like orange juice, just straight. Really? Orange haze, orange juice. It was beautiful. Yeah. Okay. All right, guys. You know, support. They're making um, alcoholic orange juice. <laughs> <laughs> they're doing it. You know, they're doing it for you. 
My dad doesn't like beer, but he liked that one because it's yeah. so citrusy. Well, everybody has a beer that they like. They may not know it. Mm-hmm. Everybody says, oh, I don't like beer. I was like, okay, all right. What have you had? <laughs> you uh, like my that dad, that. yeah. My, uh, my dad gave me a Budweiser when I was six, and I didn't like beer. Uh, <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah, I know. Traumatized me, too. But uh, there is a beer out there. And that's the wonderful thing about homebrewing, too, because you can curtail it to your liking. So just try different styles. Try as much as you can. You know, just try it. You like it, and then you know cultivate it. Say, okay, I like this style. This is really good. And then I'm like, oh, I like the fruit forwardness of it. I want to do that. And um, these guys can help you in the right direction to make whatever you enjoy, okay. make it your own. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Some people come in, they say they like IPAs, and I ask what what do they like about it. Right. And they say they like the bitterness, or sometimes they say they like the grapefruit or the lemon, and we'll help them build a recipe based off of whatever the hot profiles are, uh, the flavors, the aromas, and we'll customize the recipe for them so that they can they can brew something that they like. Exactly. And yeah, that customization is what you want from your home brew supply store. You can only do so much online. You can come here, you can actually talk to Anthony, you can actually talk to Anna, you can actually talk to Matt, and they will sit up there and help you with your need, whatever you this hobbling, this yeast, this whatever. And that's the plan with our beers and wines on tap is people can come in and try something. I like this. And we say, here's a recipe. You can make this at home in a day. Yeah. yeah. Boom. The, the the hardest part is waiting for it to ferment. Yeah. yeah. And, and recently some people came in, they were asking about the Philly sour yeast, which is a new yeast that came out that you can do sours. But it's a clean ferment, so you don't have to worry about contaminating. Your really? Equipment. Okay. I didn't know that. And right, our last sour beer was made with that yeast. So we were able to just pour a little splash for customers. Because we're also a brewery, we were able to sh- give them samples of, there you go. Of, the, of the yeast and some of the hops and um, let them kind of figure out if they like it or if they don't. And majority of them, I would say four out of five of them, took a sample of it and they bought the yeast packet. There you go. Wonderful thing. Come on in. Carolina Brew Supply. Now, um, they were kind of laughing because I just did a little happy dance. <laughs> I was, um, I sipped on the Deja Brew 2.0 uh, with coconut stout. And yeah, yeah, um, daddy's happy right now because I love a stout. I love a good stout. It gives you all the flavors right there. So Matt chose that name, Deja Brew, because our original one was, uh, it was brewed beer, and then it was brewed, cold brewed coffee. Wow, okay. So that's where the Deja Brew, like Deja yeah, Food came so, from. So same Matt, but you just added the coconut instead of. Yeah, so we, yeah. we threw what, half, a pound, half a pound of coconut shavings in the keg. Uh, yeah, um, back in the day, um, the first... You know, 1.0 of the Bars Open podcast, I interviewed um, Chad Henderson with uh, Noda, and he was telling me about the their coconut brew and how he has to make it and loves it, but hate the process for coconut. Um, you you got to shave so much for it to get that flavor to come through. So this one, mission accomplished. That definitely, you know, that definitely comes through in that. But it's not overly sweet. Not like a, you know, it's not like a coconut cream pie. You know, you get that, you get that thing, but it's truly a stout. Gives you that nice body on the end. 
So it reminds me of the Mounds candies, like the Almond Joy. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, the yep. dark chocolate with the coconut. Yeah, that's that's actually a perfect. I, I wanted to call it Mounds of Joy. <laughs> that would have been a good name. That would, yeah. There. I already drew up a sign. Yeah, yeah you, okay. You, 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 a good name is a good name. Sometimes you got to throw it Oh man, that's one. Talk, you talked about Anthony's mess earlier. This one, this one was my mess. Mm. I found out real quick that in a, a five-gallon bucket, you can't put more than five gallons in it. Oh yeah, yeah, that's what we call mess. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think, well, it's a seven-gallon bucket, and I put six gallons in it. Mm-hmm. It didn't leave enough headspace, mm. so we came in the next morning, and there was a uh, yeah. stout all over the floor. Oh man, yes, the bucket the, was the so trout. swollen bottom was rounded and it was wow. actually rocking please tell me you got a picture of that oh yeah yeah, yeah okay send, send all these to me yeah we'll talk <laughs> i, I want to send all these yeah, he left me that one to clean up yeah <laughs> that's one of those you just open a door if it's not your fault you just close the door walk away and just make a phone call <laughs> nope nope that was a good text to wake it. up to that yeah not <laughs> dealing with it just make a phone call come to the store Something's waiting for you. Okay. Now, what also I've been waiting for, the wine. These people are trying to get me drunk, and I'm okay with it. Um, <laughs> so, Anna, this is highlight the your wares here. Boy, that didn't sound right. Okay. <laughs> wow. Wow. Um, she, yeah, I'll post that picture for you guys. That's um that barrel is gone. Yeah, um, showcase my shame. Yeah. <laughs> uh, don't act like it's the first time. <laughs> Ain't the last time. I hope it's lost. Yeah. <laughs> well, his shame is always going to be. The internet oh. lives forever. <laughs> anyway, so where should I go first on the wine? So. Um, I would start with the Riesling, the lighter. All right. Love wing Riesling. Well, not to sound, yeah, not to sound uh, chauvinistic, you know, but I don't know a woman that would enjoy this Riesling. This is sweet, but it's not a sugar bomb. Yeah. It's um, got the flavor. It has the balance. Very aromatic. Very, the aroma just out of the out of a small taster glass, you can get all that aroma out of that reasoning. So that's just wonderful. Yeah. It was supposed to be sweeter, but I added the back sweetener into the initial fermentation, which just upped the alcohol. Yeah. But I my personal taste that I like that. I like that. I mean I love a good sweet, you know, wine also, but this is like perfect. Because this is, you know, they call dessert wines for a reason. You don't want a dessert wine all the time. You want something very approachable, fruit for, fruit forward. Dead on. Great reasoning. <laughs> now we're going to the Pinot Noir. Yes. Tell me about this. Is this your? What's your favorite style of wine to make? That, or consume? that one's actually the rosé. Oh, exactly. That's okay. the raspberry rosé. Sangria. Or, uh, sorry, peach raspberry, peach raspberry sangria. Okay. What am I sure? doing? Just, 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 well, you know what? Show I'm going to. that locust paper. Oh. Oh, yeah. This is a sangria. Yeah. So this is definitely like a more sweet. Yeah. 
this would be like the dessert. <laughs> okay, we'll save the dessert for the dessert. Yeah. So Merlot, Pinot Noir, and Sangria. Okay, I'm going for the Pinot. Yeah. Pinot <laughs> so and Chardonnay. Yeah. <laughs> Are you blind? <laughs> no, I, I was reading the sign up there. <laughs> See, trouble in paradise already. They can't tear the wine apart. Mm. Mm. The rosé we have in bottles. Wow. Oh, okay. Yeah. And how many um, do you bottle everything also for the wine? Um, we're still in process in the process of bottling. So I think from here on out, we'll have wine on tap, and we'll also have bottles of what's on tap. Gotcha. Gotcha. So and you can also get it by the glass for yeah. whatever you have. So, yeah. Okay. Oh, now that. Okay, my two my two least favorite wine styles, Chardonnay and uh, Pinot. This again, just my personal opinion. Chardonnay people and and uh, rosé. Those three. <laughs> Don't get mad at me if you, that's your favorite. Okay, okay, yeah, that's your favorite. Just, but there are great ones in each of those categories, and this is very approachable. I want to go next door. There's an Italian restaurant next door. I want to go over there right now with a glass of this and get some uh, get some uh, lasagna yeah. or some type of <laughs> some type of pasta dish and drink yeah. this. The Pinot Noir is my favorite. Yeah, uh, that it's got a lot of the the blackberry, the dark cherry notes to it. Uh, it comes out. It, it's not as dry or as like it doesn't dry the back of your mouth out as much as right. like the Merlot does. Right. Yeah, and that's why, because Merlot, Shiraz, and Shiraz are my personal favorite. So I'll probably join you on when you start making that full wine class. That yeah. sounds that sounds like fun. <laughs> the Merlot is my favorite. Yeah, but that is that is very. But if you love Pinot, you'll enjoy that, no doubt. Um, yeah, we should. That's do, the sangria. That's the Merlot. I'll probably uh, okay. end with the sangria. Now the Merlot. I full disclosure. I did have this before, and <laughs> uh, I like it. <laughs> daddy like it a lot. <laughs> I don't know why I keep referring to myself as daddy. I'm gonna have to, but um, yeah, I work. I always say podcasting is my form of therapy. So cheaper than getting a psychologist. So I will work out my issues with you while drinking. But um, this is good. This is a very fruit forward. Um, yeah, it still has an earthiness. It yeah. still has that body. You can taste. You can taste it in there. Mm. Definitely blackberry and black cherry. Yeah. And uh, is it vanilla also? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. vanilla. Yeah. And it brings the vanilla that. actually brings the two fruit together. So you get that blackberry, you get that, um, but it blends it together. So it's not like a, you know, it's not like the, the North Carolina, you know, Muscadine, muscadine wines. Like, hey, we can't we can't get the real grapes, so we'll just make muscadine. Yeah. So <laughs> this is uh, <laughs> It had that blend that vanilla actually blends those two fruits together and it gives them the unique, it gives a sweetness, but it like balance the tartness from the fruit and the sweetness from the vanilla balance it out and gives it its unique flavor. So I enjoy that. Trust me, that's a good wine. So the vanilla you're getting out of there, it comes from the, the oak chips that we age inside the really? fermenter. Okay. Um, probably for another future podcast, we're opening oh, a distillery. And there's a lot of notes about <laughs> the different chemicals and compounds that you get out of the wood. 
like like vanillin is a chemical compound. Oh, that, that you'll listen to the that. bourbon episodes. Yeah, we go deep on the bar, the bars open about bourbons and how that. So you can do a distillery too. Yep. Yeah, you can, yeah. All right, fine. You want my money? That's how you get my money. Okay, beer, wine, and spirits. Yeah, we. Yeah, okay. Just say that we will have multiple podcasts from here because that's just wonderful. Okay, last but not least, at all, it's the sangria. Now, sangria usually, traditionally, good port wine, a lot of fruit, maybe some sugar. Stir, let the sit, um, sample, enjoy. That was the process on making this one. Um, are you asking what was the process? Yes, what was the process? Oh, um, so every wine that we have on tap mm-hmm. is made from a kit that we sell in the store. Mm-hmm. And back to like our entire concept, everything you drink on tap, you can make it at home. So yeah. um, the sangria kit, well, it came from a kit. Yep. <laughs> so it came with sangria juice and we fermented that. And then it came with fruit juice packets to back sweeten and the peach raspberry flavor comes from that. Okay. This is all <laughs> you need to do. Guys, girls, listen, hot day. Um, Get a bottle of sangria, chill, sit outside on the porch, put your feet up, get a glass of this, drink this, you're happy. That's it. Yeah. There's nothing. Yeah. Don't don't make it complicated. Put it on ice. Just, yeah. Put That's it on cool. ice. <laughs> we serve it with ice and sometimes a straw, sometimes an umbrella. Yeah. <laughs> Be fancy. Get a nice big glass. Don't get the little. Get the you know, mom and these kids sangria. to get out of you know go to school. You know, get out of the house type of glass. <laughs> Put a couple of strawberries or whatever you want in there. Drink this. Chill. This this is paradise in a glass. We had that one on the slushy machine for a while, but we ran into problems. There's too much alcohol, so it doesn't freeze. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, I'm gonna have to do that. That's, that's got to be another. Thank you. It's just a great hub of ideals. So that's another future podcast. Frozen drinks and how you have you know frozen alcoholic ice creams and slushies oh, okay. and stuff yep. like that. That's a that's a whole thing. But you know, these are the problems that you know. Chemists like you guys have to come up with. You have to find that balance between the alcohol and the ice and how to do it. You know, I'll let y'all figure that out. I'll just drink it. Uh, (laughs) But that was wonderful. And um, I'm sorry, guys. Y'all going to have to just come here to the Carolina Brew Supply and sample these yourself. I can't bring it to you. I will drink it with you because I'll meet you up there. Let let me know. But this is wonderful. I mean, everything they make, everything they serve, they can make themselves. They make it right here on premises. It's a wonderful process. And they will teach you how to do the same thing. You know, in closing, I want to just talk about the um, homebrew supply parts. You know, how many different uh, yeast, hops, grains do you have here do you try to keep on stock so you know how much actual supplies do you have on stock you know for the people we typically for for our base malts i mean we typically try to keep you know several hundred pounds of some of the base malts in stock uh the base malts being the majority of your beer so 
90 to 100% of your your grains for your beer. Um, your adjuncts, I mean, we've got, I think it's 32 bins up on the shelf over there. Mm. And we keep getting all kinds of other new ones in. Uh, we're running out of shelf space. Mm. So when you come in here, whether you're the novice or you've been homebrewing for a while, they're going to have you covered. You yep. know, they're going to have a good variety of uh, anything you need. And just the regular, just building uh, building supplies. You know the your kegs, your um, fermenting barrels. You know all your other little trinkets that you need for the for the process. And never, you know, tubings and things like that. So and never be ashamed to ask question. What do I need? You know, you're not stuck with Mr. Bear Kid anymore. Although I will never put shame on Mr. Bear because it got just about everybody I know into brewing their own beer. So they serve their purpose. Uh, but, you know, let's kick it up a notch. You know, come on, 2021, kick it up a notch. Come to the um, brew supply store, Start talk to Matt, talk to Anthony, talk to Anna, get to know them. They'll steer you in the right direction for what you're brewing whatever you want and apparently you know come you know keep coming keep coming keep coming and then next thing you know they're gonna have a distillery so they'll teach you how to make vodka and gin too <laughs> so thank you guys this is wonderful yeah thank you yeah i mean it's, it's in all seriousness like i like coming here it's a great spot great little hang you know good place to just chill on like on the porch or something and but most importantly the product is good you know, so thank you. Thank well, you. thank you. Thank you. Very professional. We'll you like that. Very professional. All right, guys. This is the bar is open. You know what to do. Like, subscribe, follow, all that good stuff. And we'll see you next time.